Hey friends, welcome to a brand new episode of The Abundant Life. I'm your host, Brandon Kelly. Today we are going to be talking about something that is causing seven times as many deaths as the Holocaust did every single year. I got to be honest, when, when numbers get this high, it's, it's hard to comprehend. Because we live in a world where every year 40 to 50 million people are systematically killed for the worship of self. Individualism is the culprit manifested specifically through the acts of abortion. Every year, 40 to 50 million children in the womb are aborted and killed by mothers who have chosen self above them. Through the Holocaust, approximately 6 million Jews were systematically slaughtered by the Nazis. And abortion is causing a staggering number of deaths, even compared to the disgusting and outright heinous time of the Holocaust. Think about this. Every day, 115,000 abortions take place. Every second of every day, a woman has an abortion. One third of all American women have had an abortion. Think about this. In America alone, there have been 45 million abortions since 1975. If you just look at American history, specifically in the 20th century, and look for a correlation between these numbers and cultural attitudes, you'll see that individualism paved the way for it. Think about this. The 60s brought an attitude of stick it to the man, a rebellion from authority, and with that, a rejection of absolute truth. And what swooped in was an attitude that I make my own rules. In other words, not that many have said it this way, but I am my own God. And what is the modern argument of our time for abortion? The women's right to choice. So her ability to decide what is okay and not okay. After all, it is her body and that baby is dependent upon her. How dare that damn baby ruin my plans, right? Self is the ultimate God of our day. Don't we see what happens when we try to put ourselves on the throne that only belongs to the true God? Disaster, right? It happens. Women's rights? What about the rights of so many unborn women? So many unborn men? But is that even the conversation to be had? Is that even the approach we must take? After all, what abortion advocates advocates tell you is that the unborn child is simply a fetus, which is different from a baby. Apparently, the fact that the child is beneath a few layers of skin makes them something different. Our land has legalized this. Newsflash. Just because something is legal doesn't make it right. We know this to be true. Cheating on your spouse isn't illegal. You most... Yet most reasonable human beings would call it wrong. But kill an unborn child in the name of individual rights? Have at it. Yeah, go ahead. It's interesting. Our same land will charge someone with manslaughter if they kill a woman who is carrying a baby in her womb. Not manslaughter for killing the woman, but for killing the baby. Think about this scenario. Mommy and unborn child are driving down the road. A drunk driver coming the opposite way swerves into her lane. He hits her vehicle. The wreck causes the baby to die in her womb. And he is charged with manslaughter for the death of that baby or fetus or what? Is this a baby? Is this baby a life or not? I I think deep down, everyone knows the truth. You see, there, there is hope for the woman who has had an abortion and for her aborted baby. There's hope. There's also hope for a new generation of people who will see these atrocities in their true light. Where does the hope come from? It comes from a gospel infused understanding of life. 
So begin to explore these things as you ready yourself to speak life into couples who are contemplating abortion. The real impact here is going to start in homes across this world where couples are debating whether or not to go through with an abortion. And if God blesses you with an opportunity to speak up and out on this topic, then be prepared. Explore, explore these, just, just think about these following points as you consider how you would discuss abortion with someone contemplating having one. Think about these things. God doesn't create mistakes. He intimately knows us before we are even in the womb. Life begins at conception, but that life that begins then has been known by God from the beginning. We have to come from that perspective. Perspective. Everything was created by him and for him, by God and for God. None of us are our own. Our lives are not our own, but they are God's. Your life is not ending because of a baby in your womb. You are blessed with the opportunity to give a little you a life of love and care. A child is a blessing. If you have you ever ever in a situation where you can ask these questions, ask ask these ones. Ask them to clarify what they mean by an abortion. Ask questions of them. Know what abortion is. In just a minute, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you some things that that describe what an abortion is. Know what the development of a baby in the womb consists of. I'll also give you some insights into that. Ezekiel 33, starting verse 8, says this. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. Ezekiel 33. We can't stand idly by as this systematic killing of unborn babies continues to go on in the name of individual choice, in the name of anything. Here's some, some quotes from what abortions look like. Um, there's the source in the show notes. Just go to brandonkelly.org and you'll find it there. This is, these, these are two quotes from uh, doctors describing what a first trimester suction abortion is. So this is, a, this is from Dr. Harlan Raymond Giles, an abortionist, and he gave this uh, in case number, there's a bunch of numbers, uh, in May 27, 1999. This is what he said. Question. Can the heart of a fetus or embryo still be beating during a suction curatage abortion as the fetus or embryo comes down the canola? Answer, for a few seconds to a, mi- to a minute, yes. So as they are performing the abortion, the baby, his or her heart is still beating for up to a minute. Here's another one from Dr. Martin Haskell, an abortionist. From May 27, 1999, the same case. It says this, The fetus passes through the catheter and either dies in transit as it's passing through the catheter or dies in the suction bottle after it's actually all the way out. Here's some descriptions of second trimester D&E abortions. This is from Dr. Warren Hearn from the medical textbook Abortion Practice. A long curved male scissors may be necessary to, to decapitate and dismember the fetus. Second trimester, friends. This is what, uh, in the U.S. Supreme Court, Gonzalez v. Carhartt in 2007, 
describing this process, this procedure, said this, the friction causes the fetus to tear apart. For example, a leg might be ripped off the fetus as it is pulled through the cervix. Here's another quote from Dr. Martin Haskell, an abortionist, in 1999. We would attack the lower part of the lower extremity first, remove, you know, possibly a foot, then the lower leg at the knee, and then finally we get to the hip. And here's a quote from sworn testimony given in U.S. District Court for the Western District of Wisconsin in 1999. They said this, typically the skull is brought out in fragments rather than as a unified piece. Now, that was first trimester and second trimester abortion uh, procedures, descriptions of them. Think about this. In weeks one to four, a neural tube forms that will ultimately become the brain and spinal cord. And the circulatory system rapidly forms, including the umbilical cord, and the heart begins to beat toward the beginning of week three. In week five, permanent kidneys appear, hands and wrist joints are forming, all cranial nerves are now present, and limb nerves are forming. Subtle movement begins. Week six, brainwave activity has begun. Arm and leg bones form, along with tooth buds. Hands begin to move. Eyelids are present and growing, and primitive nasal cavity forms. Vital organs are continuing to form, including the kidneys, liver, pancreas, lungs, stomach, and intestines. Week 7. The head rotates and legs move. The baby is also able to hiccup. Hands can touch each other and fingers can overlap. The heart, which began beating weeks ago, is nearly complete and is beating very quickly now, peaking between 165 and 170 beats per minute. Week 8. Hair appears around eyebrows and in mouth. Urine production release begins. Joints are similar to those of an adult. Right and left-handedness begins to emerge. Fingers and toes are webbed and short, but continue to grow. Eyelids are completely fused together. Week 9, weight increases 75% this week. The head is now much larger than the rest of the body. The baby can suck thumb and move tongue. Early vocal cords are present, and the baby begins to yawn. I could go on and on. On and on. Week 16, the baby has hormonal stress response to invasive procedures. Week 17, the cerebral cortex is now active. You see first trimester, the baby feels what's happening to him. Second trimester, the baby feels what is happening to him. In the early weeks of the first trimester, vocal cords are beginning to form. Babies in the womb are crying, screaming when they're being ripped apart. In the name of choice. So, what will we do? In the face of this, we will love and we will speak out and be a guide to people, to women, to couples who are contemplating getting an abortion. You see, most people don't know these things. They don't know the realities of what abortion is but they need to know. We all need to know. 
We need to be exposed to the reality of what abortion really is. It's murder. And at the same time, we must realize that all those babies who are aborted are in the hands of their Heavenly Father. You see, there, there is hope for the woman who has had an abortion and for her aborted baby. There's hope. There's also hope for a new generation of people who will see these atrocities in their true light. Where does the hope come from? It comes from a gospel-infused understanding of life. 